0: Down to business with Bobby Kerr, brought to you by Bank of Ireland
1: on News Talk.
2: For this week's industry review, it's time to get into the festive spirit with some food producers who could take your Christmas dinner to a whole new level. I'm taking a dive into the world of ready-to-go Christmas-themed food, and I'm delighted to be joined by Emma Harton from Kayla's Kitchen, Lynn Downey is from Cookie Dough, and Sophie Rooney is from Chimac. Also joined by James Burke. He's a network manager of the Dublin Food Chain. And James, uh, you've come in at this time every year and you always bring in a selection of good food guests. So thank you again for keeping up that tradition. But tell us a little bit about uh, the Dublin Food Chain and the initiative.
1: Yeah, Dublin Food Chain. Thanks, Bobby. This has almost become an annual pilgrimage on my, my Christmas calendar. But um, Dublin Food Chain is an initiative of the four local enterprise offices in the city, and I suppose really, in in summary, it's a network. It's about bringing people together, very often buyers and sellers and retailers and and the producers together, and and it's run through events throughout the year. It's all about showcasing what Dublin has in terms of food, because there would be a perception, I suppose, that places like West Cork and stuff would be the the haven of great food, of course, which it is, but Dublin is fast becoming that same place. There's a real diversity, a real internationalisation as well, of new foods yeah. and new trends that are coming in.
2: So how do you kind of keep a watching eye of, you know, new producers that are coming up? Yeah. Uh, do you, what, what, how do you network all that? Yeah. So, to kind of know who's where and who's it, coming up with new things and things?
1: Yeah, It's really interesting. The local enterprise offices run a whole series of supports for food startups. So anybody, you know, coming through the, 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 the journey would go to the local enterprise office. They'd be put onto a program. But we see patterns every year. So this year, it's South American, uh, company there in, in um, out in South Dublin, uh, Hasty Catering. They're Venezuelan um, and they have some wonderful bites and grazing tables for Christmas and stuff like that. Hasty Catering. Um, sure. and, and we're getting a lot of that and, and Brazilian food, Lebanese food. Um, every year, there's a pattern. You sometimes might get an indicator ahead of the year what it's going to be. Sometimes just people start emerging in those different categories.
2: I'm getting hungry now, so I want to talk to some of our uh, lovely food guests that have come in. We'll start with uh, Lynn Downey uh, from Cookie Dough. Uh, Lynn, firstly, tell us about your business, if you would.
0: Um, Well, we're Cookie Dough. We're based in South Dublin. Um, We're slice and bake cookie rolls. So we do all the work for you. It comes in the roll and you need to slice through the packaging, through the markings, pop it onto a tray, into the oven for 10 to 12 minutes. Um, and we're kind of started off about two years ago, just over two years ago doing this. And have you uh,
2: a family history in baking?
0: Yeah, i come from a family of bakers. Right. Um, and we kind of went into the pandemic. We were looking at what to do and where to go with the business. And we went to the Grow With Aldi campaign with the cookie rolls. And we went with three flavours originally. And it just went from zero to 100 from there on. Um, I so know. this
2: is where convenience meets freshness effectively because... Yeah you've done all the hard work in actually making the dough and uh, the home cook or whoever is doing this, all they've really got to do is portion it out onto the tray and it's as if they baked it themselves. Yeah,
0: it comes out freshly baked every time you've got fresh cookies. Wonderful.
2: And tell us then how you tweak the product for a Christmas fair and again, what have you you done uh, to, I suppose, Christmasize your product? your project.
0: Well, we have their basic flavours in um, nationwide in Aldi's and in selected Tesco's. But then we've gotten gifted for this week as well. We're in the RDS and we're doing our selection of Christmas flavours. So we have Baileys, mince pie, gingerbread and Rocky Road out for the Christmas season, which are going down really well with tastings in there at the moment.
2: OK, uh, stand by because we'll be tasting some of that <laughs> in a minute. Uh, unfortunately, the cookies are at the other side of the studio, but I, I will get to them somehow or other. Uh, our next guest, um, is Sophie Rooney from Chimac. Uh, Sophie, tell us all about your wonderful Korean business.
3: So we have two restaurants called Chimac, one just over the road in Angel Street yep. and the other one in Ternure. So we, myself and my husband, Garrett, we started it about five years ago almost. Um, and during the pandemic, uh, we were kind of basically trying to find a way to continue our business and keep people employed. Um, we decided to bottle the sauces that we actually use in the restaurants. So we've got like a Korean hot sauce, a Korean barbecue sauce, and a Sriracha Caramel as well. So we started that about two and a half years ago, and it's been going really, really well. So we're in about 250 retailers in Ireland, in the UK, and we're launching in the US in wow. January as well.
2: And and could I ask you this, uh, Sophie? It must be a very different business to the running of the restaurants, as in, you know, the type of demands that are on you. Oh, yes. You and know, getting the product out to all those uh, customers, et cetera, versus running a an in-situ restaurant. So do you do you... Uh, do you run it separately or do you? how do you work? It?
3: Yeah, we do run it separately now. We have our own production facility up in Clendalkin. And I guess there's a lot of learning because, you know, you might think put something in a bottle, put it on a shelf and it's fine. But manufacturing is very, very complex and there's a lot of different pieces to making anything work. Uh, so we've had a lot of kind of assistance from the local enterprise office and the Dublin food chain as well to help us with the learnings that will kind of help us to kind of get where we want to go. Um, but we have a whole kind of set of staff out in Clondalkin who are amazing, and amazing production team there. And they're completely focused on the sources to ensure like we've got all the processes correct.
2: I'm very excited about the Sriracha ham glaze Tell me about that because it sounds like the perfect tonic for the Christmas ham.
3: It's absolutely delicious. So in the restaurant, we actually use sriracha candied bacon, um, which is something we really love. And then, you know, we're kind of using it on everything at home. And one thing we're thinking, you know, bacon, would it be nice on a ham? Um, So we did it about two years ago for a ham recipe for our website to promote the sauces. And it really, really took off. The feedback we got from people was incredible. We actually started working with Gaz from Michael's when he had a pop-up shop during the pandemic. They were selling hams there from Higgins Butchers uh, with our sriracha caramel as well. So this year, then, we decided to, you know, make an actual product with it. So we've got these sachets here. It's basically 150 mils of our sriracha caramel. It's got a super simple recipe, how to use it, how to make the perfect, most delicious Christmas ham kind of really just takes the guesswork out of Christmas, like you've got so much to do on Christmas Day, so much to think about, And whereas this is just a super simple recipe that everyone's going to love.
2: Okay, we'll come back to tasting that as well. Let's bring in our third guest, Emmett Harton from Kayla's Kitchen. Emmett, you're very welcome to the programme. Hi Bobby. Um, tell us firstly about your business. Um, it, it came from a maybe a left field uh, type of place because it was a health need. That you were providing
4: yes it's uh it's a it's a case of solving a problem in your own home and then finding a way of delivering that to other people. Our daughter, Kayla, who the business is named after, has a very rare genetic mutation and it affects her in just about every aspect of her of her of her life. She can't speak she's uh, partially immobile, lost the use of her hands, wow. um, learning delays, a lot of internal medical issues. So very early in her, just after she was diagnosed, in fact, um, at the age of two and a half, we realised that nutrition was going to be very, very important, giving her the best long-term outlook. Right. And I got into figuring out how best to, to cook up food for her. It also um, turned out that it was one of the best ways of stimulating her in terms of uh, flavours and colours and an experience at every meal making it as enjoyable as possible. Wow. And then between one thing and another, her her uncle was diagnosed with MND. He's since passed, but he, he felt he extended his, his life by eating our food. And we set about delivering to everybody else, bringing this helping hand to other households.
2: Okay, so your quest really was born out of a need, a family need. And what did that introduce you to, to sort of batch cooking and being organised and thinking through each element of the dish, but being meticulously prepared. Is that what I sense?
4: Exactly. I mean, we ended up that uh, Paula was working away from home a lot, so I was uh, effectively uh, feeding two children and two other households on my own and trying to do it, serving up uh, fresh food every every, every time. And that's just no way to try and uh, manage things. So batch cooking was obviously the way to go. And through practice and trial and error, I pretty much mastered the art of doing very big batches, but preserving that uh, home-cooked, just-served experience and making sure that it was good enough nutritionally for Kayla. And then essentially that's become one of our mottos. It's good enough for Kayla, it's good enough for the
2: rest. Well done. Okay. Now it's time to start tasting, and we'll stay with you if we can, Emmett. Uh, What have you brought in here for me to... Uh, to sample because I think okay um,
4: well you can see you can see that we we can present a we can present a full uh, a full Christmas dinner with all all the trimmings uh, we present as a a hamper that you can pick in one uh, one click on our website and here I've just brought in a a couple of the of the um, components Uh, we do a turkey and ham with stuffing, sage and onion uh, this stuffing. This is my
2: first time having turkey <laughs> and ham this year, so I'm really looking forward to this.
4: So you should get that. Oh, yeah. Home, great. Cooked by your, your grandmother or by your mother. <clears throat> they do the best stuffing. We've tried to deliver that. You can see there, we, it, it can come with a ham. We have it as a gluten free uh, turkey and ham, gluten free turkey on its own. You can see also that we have, you're trying now our, our vegetarian, or sorry, it's a vegan. Uh, I'm not known
2: for my vegan qualities, but here <laughs> what, we go. I'll try anything. <laughs>
4: what you're trying there is a Christmas nut loaf with, oh, nice. with roasted chestnut mm. and cranberry, giving it a real Christmas twist. You can see there, I, I, probably too much to try everything there, but you can see that we also have a stuffed butternut with oat topping and the stuffing in that is made with the, uh, the roasted chestnut again. Um, we have stuffing balls with hazelnut and apricot. I'm going to They're, taste one of those as well. They're they're not quite ready to eat just now. They're they're, they're eye candy for the minute. Uh, you can also see here. This you should try. This is one of our um, most popular Christmas offerings. It's a mould pear with a uh, biscuit topping or biscuit crumble. Oh yeah, and that's, that's a quite. true a true taste of Christmas there. Mm. So you can taste the mulled wine and the. Beautifully sweet pear. Yes, and we spared no expense on the wine. It's 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 as much quality as we can pack into a single plate. And,
2: and tell me this, Emmett. Then the secret then is: do you blast freeze everything, or how do you how do you get the product? Like, how is it user friendly at the other end? So when you deliver this to me two days before Christmas, I put it into my freezer. Walk me through what happens after that.
4: After that, the the the. Uh... The instructions are on each package, as you can see here. So uh, every single um, component of the meal that you buy, the particular instructions for that are on the packaging. We also include a uh, a tip sheet in our our hamper box to give you extra little uh, ideas on how to go about reheating. So simply, you transfer it straight from the freezer to the microwave or to your uh, conventional oven, which might be preheated. Okay. And you follow the, the, the time instructions on each package and then you just plate it up and serve it and about two hours of, all, or maybe even more, of all that stress and strain beforehand has all been avoided. We've just okay. delivered it frozen, you hold it in your freezer, you reheat it and you eat it.
2: Well done to you. It was a wonderful product. That's Kayla's Kitchen, uh, Emmett Hart, and thank you for that. Now, uh, let's go back over to uh, Lynn Downey from Cookie Dough Lynn, yeah? Yep. You can pass those over this way and let's... Maybe walk me through what I'm going to taste here. So there, I've had my main course, now I'm moving <laughs> on to my dessert.
0: That one that you're tasting there is the mince pie one. And then the one beside it is the Baileys one. Oh, wow. That's usually the reaction that we get for oh, our cookies they are baked.
2: So a mince pie cookie, folks. Yeah. Oh, this is sensational. Even people that don't like mince pies like our mince pie cookies. Well, <laughs> oh, that tastes great. Tell me then about that. Where did you
0: say this is available again? Um, at the moment, we're available in Gifted in the RDS for, until tomorrow and then it'll be on our website on cookiedough.ie as well. And our regular flavours are milk chocolate, rainbow, um, white chocolate and peanut are all available in so, Tesco. So products. how
2: do you get that out to the consumer then if I go online?
0: One, I... We'll deliver it out to you. Okay. Yeah, we deliver nationwide. That's great. Yeah. And how where did you come up with this flavour? Personally, I just love mince pies. They're something that I make every year at Christmas. My family all love them. Oh. And we're just trying to come up with Christmas flavours. And we said we just cut the mince pie into the cookie and combine the two. And it just worked really well. But you need to try the Baileys one as well because that is one of the most popular ones of Christmas. This one? Yeah, that one. Okay, I'm going to do that.
2: <laughs> that one to keep talking
0: don't. then because I'm eating here. I'm loving this so much. You try that one when it's just out of the oven. It's cooled out of the oven slightly and a little bit of ice cream on the top of it. And you've even got a dessert for Christmas. Oh, if people my People don't word. like Christmas pudding. They can go for a Baileys cookie and ice cream for dessert instead and you can but, put them in the oven, take them out and take all the credit for making them yourself
2: and I can taste the Baileys coming right
0: oh this is you should there's plenty of Baileys in it and a heavy hand putting the Baileys in
2: <laughs> but you know what I should give you I've made a homemade Baileys the last couple of years with one of my daughters I make it from, with whiskey cream it's dynamite okay. it's the best thing that you could ever drink. now you can only drink small amounts of it because it's very rich but if you if you don't drink whiskey which I don't it's a great way of using up whiskey that people give you. You convert it into Bailey. Oh, we
0: have to get that now and give yeah. it a try into one of our cookies. We'll have a Bobby Hair cookie so on we, the road. we we'll talk
2: about that later. <laughs> so, Sophie, again, back to you then uh, to talk about the the ham glaze. Um, oh, you brought it in. Uh,
3: I brought it ham. in a ham. Well, should have had that morning. before I had the cookie. Ah, uh, sweet and salty at No works. problem. We're <laughs>
2: still able to do that. So, oh, let me just taste this. Yeah, I don't want to too big a piece now. This. Oh yes! No, we got the caramel.
3: Yeah. the oh, sweetness yeah. From the from the sriracha caramel, and just a small bit of a kick. So it's people are very um, special about their special kind of Christmas traditions they have at home. So we didn't want to kind of push it too far. So it's like a familiar flavor profile, kind of not too unsimilar to like maybe a honey mustard kind of flavor, but it's got a little bit more of depth of flavor to it there.
2: So would you be recommending then to people that you you boil the ham? Yes. You you cool it down. Mm-hmm. You. Then score the skin, then you pour this beautiful sriracha caramel ham glaze over, back into the oven.
3: Exactly. Out she
2: comes, rest, it. carve, yeah. off we go.
3: That's it, pretty simple. Like if you want to add cloves, if, you're, if your family have any specific traditions, you can add whatever you like. But it just is really easy, just as it is, and no other steps required. Right.
1: James, what are you making of all this? Uh, well, the first thought, Bobby, that struck me was maybe we have a budding entrepreneur in yourself, and your your cream liqueur will get you into the local oh, yeah. enterprise office.
2: It's, it's 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 a it's a recipe I I kind of stumbled on, but I, I've given it to many friends, and they just say it sounds- it's the most, and it really is. Well, it's it's whiskey, it's cream, it's. Yeah. Vanilla, but it. But well, very,
1: very often, not always, but very often, a bit like Emma's, case, Emmett's case there, that you know, where there was a need, or there was a hobby, or someone was producing something at home, and suddenly neighbors and friends are saying, "Would you make some for me?" And I'll buy it. Sometimes that's the genesis of. Uh, you know, a business starting. And if those signals are there, you know, those people should be going into their local enterprise office. And there's a kind of a roadmap there for people to support them yeah. and, and, uh, and lead them on, you know, because there's, there's huge diversity now in what's available. And I suppose the message is definitely with food and drink, we have more than our fair share of beautiful stuff in Dublin, in Ireland. And, you know, that should be a thought process with consumers at Christmas as well.
2: And people really are interested in buying local if they can, absolutely. but the quality has to be right, yeah like that has to be
1: it has to be quality led, and then local is a bonus absolutely, and yeah. I suppose that's probably what a lot of Irish companies major on because by their nature they're not huge, so there are smaller batch production, you know more traditional recipes for many, so that's where the local really wins out,
2: yeah uh, back to you uh, in terms of your how busy you are at this time of year, Lynn. Uh, because you're dealing primarily with a frozen product, do you get the ability to, I suppose, plan ahead and get organised? Well,
0: we're a chilled product,
2: so yeah. we're in the fridges um, and we find
0: it's easy we can get the pallets out for the supermarkets and then we focus on doing the...
2: So it, is all your hard papers. work done now for Christmas? Or well, we still
0: have a bit of a way to go yeah. now. We have most of our... Christmas stock is all kind of ready to go now. Yeah. Um, but we still have the regular stock going out as well and keeping up with that. Yeah. So having new orders coming in and new supermarkets and that on board we're just getting busier and busier by the day. It's great. Yeah.
2: And then bringing in new lines like that seasonal lines how difficult is that from a production point of view or is it okay?
0: It is okay because yeah. because we, we kind of run it we give time in our production days, we kind of factor it in that we allow at the end of the day to be able to try new flavours. We do the testing in a little test kitchen upstairs and then we'll do it into the bigger batches and do it for different seasons. So like we have plans going forward now for the rest next year and that to have all the summer flavours in and we do the raspberry and white chocolate and different flavours for the summer. Yeah. Coming in strawberry and strawberry meringue. Yeah,
2: so seasonality is important, it is important regardless yeah. of your
0: business. Yeah, just to keep the keep it fresh and keep it
2: new. Yeah. And back to you, Sophie, in terms of this this product, the Sriracha caramel ham, and um, how much are you selling that for? So
3: we're selling that for three seventy-five. That's very good yeah, value. It is exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. And in terms of shelf life on that,
3: shelf life, we've got three months on that. Okay, and uh, stored chilled. I oh, know you can store just on your shelves at home, right? Yeah, okay. so you can order them just on our website and from either of our restaurants in Terenure or in Angel Street.
2: Yeah, and tell me then about the restaurant side of things at this time of year. Uh, if you've got Terranure your and you're only over the road from us here as well,
3: yeah, I mean, At news it,
2: talk. So, uh, how how has trade been?
3: Trade's been good. I mean, the city centre has. We have felt the impact of everything that's been going on in the last few weeks with the riots and everything like that. Like it has been quieter than this time last has year. It? it has, yeah. Right. Um, which I think is attributed to that. People maybe aren't so certain about coming into town. Um, but there there's still people around, and the weekends are busy. And obviously, you know, as we come into the next week or so, every single night is going to be like a Friday night, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Emmet,
2: back to you in terms of getting organized for your uh for your Christmas business. Is it is it all very last minute or do people are people ordering now? And again, you have the beauty of a frozen product, I suppose. So you can get ahead of yourself.
4: Yes, well we start preparing um a lot of our Christmas uh products uh, probably at the start of October, uh right into the start of November. We're setting up our first uh our first stocks. But we'll be cooking right into December. I mean we'll still be cooking. I think next week, cooking up a Christmas product and getting it out as the orders keep building. I mean, what we we're we're actually just back in production after being out for a year because of a fire. So we're oh, kind of, we're kind of having to relearn the the landscape uh, because it's I think it was Christmas twenty one was the last time we were.
2: Uh, well, a, well a and again, as somebody who's experienced a fire in a. In a food production business, it's, it really is your worst nightmare.
4: Oh, it was, it, yeah. it, it, it was a catastrophe. It put us out of action for a full year while we try to find a new kitchen. But we're back up and running since July. So, uh, again, as I said, we're just relearning the landscape and yeah. uh, reacting as we find the, the orange building. And did building. you find
2: that market had changed much in, the, in those 12 months? Or did it, did it allow you to come up with new products? Or did you did come back with a, a different approach? Um, No,
4: very much the same approach. It's all a commitment to quality and uh, delivering a a, a really uh, flavorsome home-cooked product. We've added one or two new products that we figured out how to produce in the meantime, but we had built up quite a big following for our menu, which was quite uh, individual and quite uh, distinct from everybody else. And it's been a case of rebuilding that that menu and rebuilding that uh, customer base and attracting everybody back.
2: Okay, well, well done. That's obviously been challenging. Thank Um, you. James, just in terms of uh, people who maybe have an idea around food or maybe just a, a dream that they've never got around to realizing and maybe want to produce a product, it can be quite daunting when you look at all the steps you've got to go through, be it EHO, you know, production, storage, distribution. Yeah. What do you say to, and I'm sure you meet many of them in the course of your work, uh, people who have a product but want to bring it to that next level, maybe out of their home kitchen to supply one of the multiples or to to scale it in some way.
1: Yes, and, and uh, I suppose everything that you've said is correct. You know, it's, it's when you go into a new area, it is daunting and it can be somewhat blinding when you look at all the regulations and stuff. The good news is there have never been so many supports that are there now channeled via the local enterprise offices. Even a new one that came out a couple of years ago, which people can self. Access, it's, it's e-learning and that's the digital school of food. So there's 20 hours of material for someone that says, I'm thinking about it, but I don't know the first thing that's involved in bringing uh, a product to market. That digital school of food, you just log on, you put in your details and you get a code for free access and it's all delivered through video. So that's a lovely first step. Somebody does yeah. it 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. There are a lot of producers up there that give video commentary and advice as well on what is to be done. And then by engaging with the local enterprise offices, a whole series of different courses, uh, mentoring, you know, all of that. And, and in some circumstances, there's grant assistance uh, as well. But the broad message is that while it might look scary, um, the journey is doable.
2: OK, well, listen, I want to thank you, James, uh, for bringing in these guests, James Burke uh, from the Dublin food chain. Thanks to my guests, Emmett Harton uh, from Kayla's Kitchen, Lynn Downey from Cookie Joe. And Sophie Rooney from Chemac Thank you all very much for bringing in the Christmas fair and a happy Christmas to one and all. Thank you. Thanks Thanks so much. Thank you. Down to business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11
1: on News Talk.